Now's your chance to get caught up on all that's happening in technology around Akron and the rest of the world. It's This Week in Tech with Gene Destro, driven by your Northern Ohio Honda dealers. Life is better with a Honda. Visit your local Northern Ohio Honda dealer today or online at northernohiohondadealers.com. Now, here's Gene Destro. This week, we've got our eye in the sky with stories about aviation safety, job opportunities, and an upcoming NASA mission to Mars. Plus, some far-out vacation spots just perfect for space cadets everywhere and talking lasers. All this and more coming up. After two MAX 737 crashes that killed hundreds of people, Boeing officials are now considering proposals that could change the way the company operates. CBS's Diane King-Hall reports. The recommendations reportedly include changes to Boeing's organizational structure, the creation of new groups focused on safety and possible changes to the way future cockpits are designed. The committee is expected to deliver its findings to the full board this week. Big news at Kent State University over the past few weeks as they opened their brand new aeronautics and engineering center made possible by a $6.5 million donation from FedEx. And they formed a new partnership with Delta Airlines to provide career opportunities for students studying to be commercial pilots. College of Aeronautics and Engineering Dean Christina Blobaum. What we're seeing across the world is an increase of commercial travel. So this is why the Boeings and Lockheeds are doing so well. Uh, an Airbus because they can't even keep up with the demand for aircraft. So the more aircraft that are produced, the more people that are flying around the world, the more pilots who are needed. The other real need is on the aircraft maintenance side. And so we're very excited to be building a maintenance program, actually. And that will be in partnership with the Astabula Regional Campus of Kent State University. In Cleveland, the NASA Glenn Research Center is paving the way for the next mission to Mars. University of Akron Associate Research Professor Heather Oravec tells us about her latest project. There is a mission that is going to launch in July of 2020. NASA is sending a Mars 2020 rover to the surface of Mars. They're going to land near the Jezero Crater. And what that rover is going to do is it's going to drive around the surface of Mars and collect different soil and rock samples. So what my job is, is to, for future potential rover missions and a potential sample return mission, I need to study the surface of Mars and determine appropriate terrain requirements for Mars that will help the rovers better traverse across Mars. We've learned from past missions that some of the rovers that have gone up there, their tires have not performed how they're supposed to perform. So we're looking to design better tires for rovers in the future and for these potential sample return missions. So for the Mars 2020 rover, they've redesigned those wheels. They've reduced the mass of that, but they've increased the skin thickness of it. What we're working on here at NASA Glenn is creating a different type of tire where it's an airless tire. It's created with many different coiled wires made out of shape memory alloy material. And what that does is it reduces the mass even further, which is great for any missions that are going to launch. We want to reduce mass so that we reduce costs. We've proven that this increases attractive performance of these tires. It can support higher loads. It's much more durable and more compliant 
of attire. So that's kind of what we're designing for these future missions. But in order to do that, we need to be able to test here on Earth and make sure that these tires are going to perform how we expect them to perform on Mars. So how do we do that? We need to know all we can know about the Martian terrain. And so my job is to identify the appropriate terrain requirements of Mars. What we're looking for in this research on on surface mobility is we're looking for the physical and mechanical or the geotechnical properties of these soils. Is it rockier up there or is the sand composed of something that makes it different than on Earth? So basically the, the Martian terrain is composed mainly of dust, sand, and rock. There's a lot of dry, loose, sandy desert type areas. There are also a lot of like rocky outcrops and plateaus that would be similar to kind of like a volcanic lava rock field. So it can be very rough terrain. And the wheels that were sent up previously were made of an aluminum skin, and they just didn't withstand this type of terrain as well. Obviously, we can't send a pneumatic or an air-filled tire to extraterrestrial places. It just won't work. We have to come up with some type of metallic material based wheel that will work and we've come up with a really unique design here at NASA Glenn. Some of the researchers that have been involved in that, Colin Krager and uh, Vivek Asnani, have developed a spring tire and it's made of several different coiled springs that intertwine and it's it's very compliant. It withstands very high loads and it seems to be very durable and we've also proven that it improves the traction. Has anybody talked about when they think that human beings will land on Mars and maybe use these in manned vehicles or no? Obviously that's the goal but we need to take baby steps here by sending these robotic vehicles up first making sure they can survive and learning all we can about the Martian surface and what we need to be able to survive up there. Obviously we want safety first so We have to do all we can to prepare for that. Meanwhile, astronomers are all abuzz about some newly discovered planets that could possibly support human life. Rich On has more. About 40 light years away, orbiting calmly around their Jupiter-sized host star called TRAPPIST-1, at least seven planets well-suited for atmospheric characterization have been revealed. According to the technical journal article published in Nature.com, the careful observations of data from the multiple telescopes dotted around the globe open the window to these exoplanets using an observation method called transit signals, where integers are generated when the planet passes in front of their host star. From those integer ratios, astronomers can derive all kinds of information, like a planet's size, mass, temperature, and distance from its host star. Astonishingly, the seven planets detected have equilibrium temperatures low enough to make possible the presence of liquid water on their surface. The idea of getting to this relatively closely neighboring solar system is a bit far-fetched, but not completely unimaginable. NASA already has articles published on the theoretical propulsion system of warp travel, as well as their discovery of hidden portals in the Earth's magnetic field, creating direct pathways to distant points in our own solar system and possibly others. I'm Rich On, and this is your Green Air Minute. For more on TRAPPIST-1 exoplanets and our own planet, visit greenairradio.com. While it could be decades before we ever step foot on Mars or those newly discovered planets, you can take an out-of-this-world space vacation a whole lot sooner than that. Brian Banmiller tells us how. Fifty years ago, two men stepped foot on the surface of the moon for the very first time. Now the space race is on again, with NASA aiming to put another man and the first woman on the moon by 2024. And to help you celebrate without actually putting you in a spacesuit, Airbnb has bookings that are truly out of this world. Now through November, 
remember, you can stay in these one-of-a-kind places for as little as $11 a night. For example, why not sleep in the Apollo 11 spaceship, or at least an exact model of it? When you get tired playing make-believe, head outside and explore the country, which, by the way, is New Zealand. Or check out a flying saucer in the United Kingdom. The circular building comes complete with beds, a dining area, and games. If you need a little more space, try the Moon Camp in Joshua Tree, California, complete with its own gym. Houston, we need a reservation. Brian Banmiller, CBS News. You've probably heard about the U.S. military doing some freaky mind control research in the past. And guess what? They're still doing it, but not in the way you might expect. Jim Shenevy has more. U.S. military weapons researchers are at work developing talking lasers, a high-intensity beam of light energy, only unlike the lasers we're accustomed to. That's because these laser beams can be modulated, not unlike the way radio waves can carry voices, music, and other sounds. Officially, it's called the Joint Non-Lethal Weapons Directorate, and the idea is to be able to beam warnings directly into the heads of enemy soldiers in the form of audible speech and to be able to do it from hundreds of miles away. The system is based on a phenomenon of physics that allows laser-produced plasma to be modulated at varying frequencies, reproducing sound waves. In a Pentagon video touting the technology, the weapon is used to say, stop or we'll be forced to fire upon you. Its developers expect to have this technology in the hands of combat troops within a few years. And that's for your information. I'm Jim Shenevy, CBS News. And that's it for now. See you next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Driven by your Northern Ohio Honda dealers. Life is better with a Honda. Visit your local Northern Ohio Honda dealer today or online at northernohiohondadealers.com. Tune in next week for more tech news and listen online at wakr.net.